Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the Decentral Lounge podcast presented to you by Global Stake, your preferred staking provider running bare metal nodes and SOC 2 compliant data centers. Today, we have an amazing guest, Mr. David Chapman, uh, who is the founder of Teddy Dow, an incredible initiative that is focused solely on charity and NFTs. And we're hoping to have a great conversation, learn a little bit more about David how he came to uh, Web3 and all that he's done in his time since being here. So David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your your Web3 journey? Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, In terms of, yeah, my Web3 journey, quite um, typical and I'm sure similar to a lot of people's in terms of getting in in the 17, 18 bull run, um, through a friend who had told me he had just made a fortune buying this thing called Ethereum. Um, I'd heard about Bitcoin at university probably four years prior, but it was one of those things like most people, when you first hear about it, you ignore it. Then the second time you hear about it, um, you get a little interested, but don't pull the trigger. And then the third time you're like, oh my God, this isn't going away. I need to get in. So 1718 was just my first experience of it, which was just crazy. Um, like that, that bull market was was wild learned a lot lost a lot made a lot um and then over the the bear market i made the big mistake of really taking my foot off the gas concentrating on my my career um at the time i was at deloitte and then i transitioned to to goldman sachs um in that in that bear market and then when we went into covid that was kind of the time when the world was blowing up right and I've always heard throughout my education and my own experiences, like you don't get many chances in life when the world blows up and you get these black swan events. That is the time to always just go in deep and go in hard. Um, And so, so I did and just went back all in into crypto around that time. And then over the course of the, the next couple of years in that bull market, 2020, 2021, just managed to find different communities and, and different projects and just spent all, all my time on it because it was we were working from home, right? So it wasn't a case of being at a trading desk and having people watching you the whole time. You could kind of do your job on one screen and then be on crypto on the other. So it was an amazing opportunity and really got and fell in love with like the Polkadot ecosystem, the Kusama ecosystem, which is where me and you met, Ryan. Um, and met a lot of other great people. And I just loved the vibes that, that were going on there. And everyone was just so welcoming and very much teaching and helping each other with everything. So that was a, that was a great place to be. And then through that, this is kind of in, in 20, late 2021 summer when NFTs were really starting to make a move. And that was something that I, I wanted to learn a lot more about, but it was from a traditional investing standpoint, found it very hard with a lot of collections to try and value. I mean, cryptos, cryptocurrencies are hard to kind of value anyway, especially when you look at it from like a traditional investing mindset. But with NFTs, I found it even harder. And especially the ones in the Polkadot ecosystem where you would just see these collections coming on, being dripped onto the market with no real proper schedules or rarities that we'd seen in other ecosystems. And so I thought, with with no real warrant or experience that I could create one and and do it in a way that had these, these like rigid structures and and rarities and and set schedules and not to break that and give a supply chain that people could follow because obviously economic values stems from supply and demand and by having that supply equation locked in that people can rely on then it's just the demand element that people need to kind of speculate on so 
we d- did that in, in October 2021 and launched this project called the Kusama Kings, which has now become the Kusama Kusama Kingdom. And the real utility of this, as well as being like a, a place for people as a community, which is a great value in itself, but we wanted to do it in a way that it was kind of a decentralized venture capital fund. Because one of the other things I started to realize in the last bull market was you would see all these funds or influencers getting into private sales or or seed rounds of these projects and there'd be 10 20 xing on launch before you could even get to them and by people shilling them on youtube you're almost too late so i managed to get into one of those personally but it's super hard to do that as a retail investor like why the hell would these projects give you allocation you're not offering any value you're not a vc so i wanted to kind of create a brand that you could go to these projects with and say, hey, well, we've got this community of people that can help bootstrap your community and add value in certain other ways that maybe a traditional VC can't. So that's kind of was the utility that that was born for the, for the Kusama kingdom, as well as having this like centralized fund that benefits all the holders that is has various committees that can be elected and then they help manage that fund on behalf of, of the other holders. So that's kind of a passive thing if people want to just hold the NFT and hope those funds perform well and, and receive payouts from that. Definitely not a dividend for legal reasons. It's a man- management fee, um, like a traditional fund. So that's the kind of way we structured it. And that was an amazing, an amazing project. It's still going two years later, still thriving. And we're super excited about the next chapter of that. So that's kind of how I got my my teeth stuck into NFTs and kind of fell in love with with NFTs and the way I think about cryptocurrencies as trying to disrupt finance and NFTs have the ability to disrupt everything else, every, every industry you could think of or process in terms of ownership and representation. I just think it's such an exciting technology and will will peripherate through so many industries without the general public even knowing it. Um, so that I find really exciting. Um, I'll, I, I can stop there if, if I ramble for a bit. No, that's very informative. And actually, this is a really interesting part of the story for those who don't know Walk us through that moment when you decided that charity was something that you wanted to do with NFTs and how this was connected to the original first collection with the Kusama Kings. Yeah, so so we did a charity auction with one of the Kusama Kings around Christmas time in, in 2021. And that was a case of just auctioning off one of the Kings like we did with all of them, but the, all of the proceeds would, would go to charity. Um, I think we we either shortlisted a few or we let them pick, but we made sure we verified it was a real charity. In the end, it, it was um, Oxfam. And that auction went for $15,000. And although this was in the, the height of the, the bull market and NFTs were wasn't outlandish for them to go for that much, it did really show the traction we got on that auction that people – wanted to have these avenues to be able to give to charity and and with crypto which we'd seen a few examples of projects doing that in terms of hey this project has a five percent um of the mint goes to charity or various examples like that but then there'd never been and for good reason right there'd never been a purely non-profit nft where the no one was taking a fee and, and why would you in the middle of a bull market when you can sell these things for whatever you're not re- people aren't really focused on charity and, and social good. So with that kind of backstory and then through Lucky Friday, which is an entity born out of Silvermine Capital, where I'm, I'm now the principal of after leaving Goldman, we sat down one day and we're just trying to think of 
of ways that we could have a social good initiative, just like any company, right, has corporate social responsibility initiatives or does charity days. We don't really see that much in Web3. So it's like, how can we kind of do a twist on that and feel like we're doing something positive um, in that area, but with a fun twist in Web3, whether that's with the NFTs or whatever. And then that's kind of where Teddy Dow was was born out of. Um, and the initiative we came up with was basically with partnering with Just Giving, which is one of the biggest online donation platforms in the world, was to auction one of these little pixelated teddies every day and give the the bidder the ability to pick a charity of their choice that would then be the recipient of that bid without us taking a fee, just doing something purely for social good within the space. That's awesome. I mean, just the fact that you've been able to get this off the ground and running. Um, can you give us an update in terms of like how much money has been raised for charities so far or just, you know, the charities that we you think are really kind of popping off? I mean, we know that there's one collector who certainly supports one charity again and again, and we're starting to see sort of repeat donors, if you will. Um, and I guess, broadly speaking, how does this make you feel to launch such a successful project that's helping so many people? Yeah, so it's, it's, um, we're close to $17,000 raised over the, over the first few months of launching. Um, and that's without like any extreme marketing push and obviously being in a bear market and still having the, the battle of, doing a project that isn't for profit, which is what drives a lot of people within the the crypto market. And as you said, yeah, we're starting to see some people who are getting involved very regularly. Um, the Teenage Cancer Trust is is a charity that always keeps coming up and and has received a lot of donations, which which is great. And now our kind of aim is to go to these charities and, and educate them and say, hey, by the way, some of your donations through Just Giving have come from this project, which is involved in NFTs. If you guys would like to learn more, please reach out to us. We're happy to collaborate on anything because I think a big part of it is from my experience of speaking to some of these charities, they're all so curious and they can all see how crypto can help their mission. But it's just such like a black box and they're almost like too scared to go in, whether that's because of regulatory reasons or lack of expertise in the team or just a lack of resources. Right. Charities are notoriously like understaffed. They're already at full capacity. And that's kind of what we experienced when we reached out to Just Giving. They were super curious in terms of learning about it. And it just took us to be like, hey, we'll do the heavy lifting. Just you guys just have to put your name to it. We'll update you. We'll show you the progress. We'll talk you through it. We'll make sure all the compliance is done. We just need your support on that side of things. So that's that's the most exciting part going forward is being able to work with these charities and help them onboard into crypto so they can further their mission. And whether that's just starting with Teddy Dow is just a small aspect for them to then go on to have their own crypto wallets that people can donate for. I believe and, and, and the team believe that this is something that can, can really help them going forward. And everyone who's listening to this probably thinks that crypto is going to be a permanent thing and a growing thing within all of our lives. So for charities to be able to get ahead of that, I think is going to be massively beneficial for them. I have a follow-up question. I'm kind of curious, the charities that um, you guys are reaching out to that you're wanting to maybe let's do like a special event for anything like that. Is it just luck of the draw, whatever Teddy just happens to be that day? Or are they able to craft a Teddy that they specifically want and kind of have like a special feature that people bid on? Yeah, we. so in relation to that, we did actually as of, gosh, what date is it? Like a couple of weeks ago, just finally get our custom Teddy function in, into production. And at the moment, if you go onto our website, there's this toy box section and that allows you to play with 
any of the assets that we have across all the teddies. And there's over 4 million combinations that you can go and play around with, which I mean, it means it can run for 11,000 years without ever having a repeat normally, which would be an amazing feat in itself. Um, so a charity can go on to there and just say, hey, I'd like to customize this. And we've got some some people doing special auctions at the moment where they've gone and pre-selected. And then we can basically say on this date, we can insert this teddy into the auction. Um, one day in the future, we'd love to get it to the ability where you could almost customize assets outside of our toy box that charities could add. We still haven't built out that functionality yet, but I think that would be a great feature for charities because then you could almost put their logo in, still in the, in the pixelated style that we have, but just that, re- that real customization um, element for charities to get involved, I think would be great. You sort of alluded to the idea of educating charities about the power of crypto and how it can be used for doing good. Um, one of the aims for the Teddy Dow platform seems to be about educating traditional Web2 donors who are already giving funds to charity and maybe even some of the companies that you know do donor matching and so on and so forth. Could you expand upon that a little bit and just sort of where this is going in 2024 and beyond? Yeah, I think one of the great things or the potentials that Teddy Dow has is to be able to onboard more people into Web3 and the basis behind that is they don't need to speculate on the latest meme coin or the latest NFT collection, which will have a speculative nature that some people may be nervous about getting into, right? It's it's scary to take that first step into crypto and it's scary to put money into crypto with the risk of hearing these headlines of, oh, it's going to crash 80%. But people are still curious. Um, so by giving them the ability to onboard into Web3, get a wallet, get an NFT by just putting their normal regular donation or a new donation that they may not be doing, but they feel like, oh, hey, this is a way I can I can do good and, and get involved. We can give those people the ability to onboard into Web3, get an NFT. And like, as soon as you onboard and have some skin in the game, even though this isn't really skin in the game, it's just getting a cute teddy, but you then can join a community, you can learn from people, you can chat to people, then suddenly we have this amazing ability for people to learn about Web3 without the need to speculate, which I think could be potentially very powerful. And that's that's on us as a project over time to be able to develop on-ramps and onboarding processes that make it super simple, which is something we're looking to do and to be able to allow people to bid from different chains, whether it's easier to for them to onboard and acquire the crypto from their, whatever exchange they want. These are all things that over time we hope to be able to develop out versus at the moment, we're built on Moonbeam, which is a Polkadot parachain, which is EVM compatible. So it's great, it's accessible, but there's still some sort of friction points in people being able to get that currency and bid. So that part of it is an us. But that, I want it to be one of the biggest missions is to be able to onboard a new wave of people, like the ability for my mum to just be able to go. And for the record, my mum would have no idea what a crypto wallet even is or what really an NFT is. She, When I told her I was selling NFTs, she thought I was crazy. Um, but for my mum to be able to onboard and buy a teddy without even me having to sit with her, like that's that's the end goal. And I think that's going to be an amazing part of it if we can get there. One thing that I want to highlight, I great part about Web3 is that you can let the community decide things. So in the Polkadot ecosystem, for those of you that are listening that are not familiar, there's actually a governance style system where anybody with a token can vote on how the treasury spends its money, like all of Polkadot's treasury, uh, whereas Ethereum, it's not that way. 
but it's not just an idea that David came up with in the team that said, hey, we think this might be something that people want to support. They, they put it to a vote and they asked the Polkadot Treasury uh, for funds to help share this endeavor and to push charity and to help bring more people into Web3. And it, it won with a, like a resounding like 99% or something, 98% of people saying yes. So can can you talk about referendum 155, um, what you guys are essentially excited and planning on doing in 2024, um, expanding marketing and helping to, to get the charity out there? Yeah. So like for those who aren't familiar, the Polkadot ecosystem, as you said, Jordan, has this treasury and it's open governance. Now, I honestly believe this is one of the most under overlooked things within crypto in terms of one utility, two drama, three excitement. Like you, anyone can just go put up a proposal for whatever they want, essentially, um, whether that's, hey, I'm going to go and do some marketing for Polkadot, please pay me X, or, hey, I've got this cool project, Teddy Dow, we want to do X, Y, and Z, and we want, and this is our budget. And then it's completely up to the holders of the Polkadot token to go and vote, um, what, and the, the power of your vote is depending on one, how many dot you have and how long you, you lock it up for, which is called the conviction, um, which is an incredibly powerful thing, which is, isn't the case in things like Ethereum or anywhere else for that matter. Um, and there's like over $200 million sitting there in that treasury wait, waiting to be used. And it, it's, it's, it grows or depletes based on like payouts. But the way the, the protocol is designed is there's always a stream of funds going to that treasury. Um, so that's an incredibly powerful part about the Polkadot ecosystem, which which I don't think many people appreciate. And so us at, at Teddy Dow, after we'd we um, we'd started the project and we'd done off our first X amount of auctions and had raised and got a little bit of traction, we created our proposal and we put it on chain referendum one five five, as you said, um, in order to get funding for enable us to grow and obviously. The way we position ourselves, being a project native to Polkadot and Moonbeam and being 100% for social good where we don't take a fee, we think we are a great beacon in the Polkadot ecosystem to attract more users, more traditional donors, but also as a way to market Polkadot as somewhere that there are projects doing social good. And you hear so many headlines, right, of this project rug, this project scammed, X, Y, and Z, all very negative. So we really wanted to be able to fly the flag for Polkadot in a positive way and be like, hey, over there's this project, Teddy Dow, it's doing social good, 100% NFTs for charity. And in order for us to accelerate our mission, we obviously need fund, some sort of funding. So we created a budget and then we've got this development plan that we want to roll out with things like enabling to the point I made earlier about accessibility to the Glimmer token, which is what you use to bid, one-click swaps cross-chain within our platform natively, and the custom bear function that I said we just rolled out, and then obviously some more marketing efforts and, and going to different conferences outside the ecosystem to present. Um, so all of these things were basically put into a proposal, and then the community, the dot holders, voted on it. And as you said, we got an amazing response um, over 90. I can't remember the exact number, but close to what you said, Jordan, in the, in the 90% approval rating. So now it's on us for the next six months to basically – deliver on what we said in that proposal. And then if we believe we can further accelerate the mission of Teddy Dow and, and the Polkadot brand, then we could apply for further funding with another proposal and, and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, that was great to see the community's response. And obviously you get validation for the idea. Um, but yeah, now it's on us to, to deliver on what we said, which is 
which is great. And it's an exciting time and we're, we're super excited to be doing it. Well, thank you so much, David, for taking the time and giving us such a thorough overview. The project is incredibly exciting. It's gaining traction and hopefully 2024 we'll see it explode even more and people doing good. Any closing thoughts or final words of wisdom you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, and no, look, I think it's it's an incredibly exciting time to be in in this space. We're seeing so much innovation across projects and ecosystems. And we just hope to be doing our little part in in bringing people in and educating people and charities and and whatever that may be. But I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is obviously in this space or listening to this for a reason. So they they kind of know. So yeah, I'm just really excited for what the future holds. I think the next two years are going to be a really pivotal moment in in Web3 in terms of mainstream adoption, institutional adoption. So yeah, just just blessed to be here and, and grateful every day. So yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, David. And thank you everyone who's watching. Tune in for the next episode of Decentral Lounge. Thanks so much. <laughs>